You are now listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Today I got to talk with someone that I'm personally close with. His name is Cliff Yee and he was one of my mentors throughout my life probably wouldn't have been able to do this podcast without him. So a lot of people have been messaging me and asking me how I was able to start the podcast, uh, what I've been like, what I did to start. And basically, I probably wouldn't have been able to start without him. So in the summer of 2016, I joined a program called Coral Exploring Leadership, where he basically challenged me and broke me out of my shell to learn about myself, basically. And we did things where I broke fears of public speaking and now like I can edit my voice and not be afraid to listen to my own voice. I also learned different professional tactics and skills. So I learned how to write emails professionally. I learned how to interview people with a respectful manner. Just not offending other people when you're interviewing others helped me translate it into the podcast. I also learned more connections. The program helped me with a lot of connections. Some people I've actually interviewed on the podcast itself because of the program. I just want to say thank you so much to Cliff for just taking me on the program and teaching me all these things. Uh, I also want to thank Coral for having a program where you can teach teenagers about leadership. And it was such a big part in my life. So I just want to say thank you so much to them for doing that. Other than that, I just want to say uh, listen to the podcast with Cliff because it'll give a little bit more context to what I'm saying. So without further ado, here's the podcast interview with Cliff Yee. Thanks for listening. All right, here's the first question. All right, what is your job title? I my, So my name is Cliff Yee, and I am the Director of Diversity and Inclusion Training at Coral Northern California. Oh, I didn't know that was your job title. Yeah, so it's changed. So it changed literally after you graduated from Explain Leadership, <laughs> which is why I was like, there's probably a lot that has happened within the two years that yeah. you've been in the program. Uh, so, yeah, and, and and so I started Coro, I started at Coro six years ago, so it's been over six years now, and I I started as the director of youth program, and my background has been... Um, working for something called the Beacon Centers, which is a community school model. I also then, before that, worked for Asian Health Services, running their teen pregnancy prevention program in Oakland. And the passion for youth development and community organizing brought me to Coro. And four years into Coro, um, there was an opportunity to create a position for myself and, and talking with, uh, both my supervisor and the CEO, Courtney and Laney, um, we decided to change my role or evolve my role into the director of diversity and inclusion training, where I still run the youth program and now I'm managing six programs. So I, I am running, um, I'm managing three youth programs. I'm still running the Explain Leadership program, two neighborhood programs in San Francisco in District 7 and District 8, and then I'm running three adult programs. So one is a adult neighborhood program in District 11 in San Francisco, um, 
One is with federal employees. So there's about 25 federal employees representing 13 federal agencies in the Bay Area. So there's a training for them. And more recently, I'm training survivor leaders of human trafficking. Um, and and that um, takes place outside of the state um, with some new partners. So so I have six different programs now. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about what Coro is for people that don't know what that is? Yeah, I, I should have led with that. Um, so Coro <laughs> is a uh, so Coro Northern California is a nonprofit leadership training organization, and we've been around for over seventy five years. And currently, we're running about 17 programs. And Coral was founded on the idea that right now, more than ever, we need to be able to equip individuals with the leadership skills to be able to work across difference. And so um, we believe that anyone can lead anywhere, any place, anytime, and that it's a lifelong practice. And ultimately, our, our programs are meant to give people the, the skills and knowledge to, to work across difference, um, whether it's with 15-year-old high schoolers to, to executives at the, the University of California level, um, where we're providing programs across the spectrum. Okay, so I, I think your job really varies between like many different things. But if you could give like a broad description, like what would you say, like what uh, your job description is? Yeah, um, so I would say first and foremost, my, my jo- one of my primary jobs is to be a trainer. And so what I do is as a choral trainer is um, I hold space for for individuals who are in part in our different programs and what i mean by holding space is part of being a choral trainer is we we believe that by both challenging people to lean into their discomfort or in some cases walk into their discomfort and holding um it's like the sense of psychological safety that growth happens right in between so there's sort of like the venn diagram of psychological safety and challenge is where growth happens. And so we try to create, all of our trainings are very experiential. So at any given time, I'm talking no more than 10 to 15 minutes introducing a leadership tool or framework. And we ask our participants to apply it real time, whether it means that you're going to go out and explore a community uh, within your first um, session, uh, or it might be that, hey, we have this subject matter expert who's going to talk to you about housing. You have 30 minutes to prepare. Use this framework. Go. And and ultimately, as, as the trainer of the program, I am um, observing how the participants are, are applying these skills and giving them feedback in real time. Um, my, my other job when it comes to diversity and inclusion is to make sure that um, all voices, particularly within the, the program space, that all voices are heard and that all voices are included and that there's a space that we, we respect different people's um, lived experience and where they're coming from. And ultimately, all of our programs have a group project that um, that is a is an opportunity for the participants to utilize the skills that we're giving them throughout the program to come to some sort of tangible 
products. So in our neighborhood programs, it's making recommendations to the district supervisor on how to better, um, on how to improve the quality of life in the neighborhood. Within the Exploring Leadership Youth Program over the summer, which you graduated from, it's uh, worked together with whether it's 11 or 15 other Bay Area high school youth and pick one issue you want to focus on and deliver a community action project within two weeks. Um, and so so that's the other part is making sure that people are are making a difference. They're they're feeling more confident to initiate to initiate positive change. Um, and I would say one of the other major parts of my role is just to look at Coral as a 75 plus year old organization overall and within the role of diversity and inclusion to try to see how can we make sure that our programs are becoming more accessible to individuals and that as our programs become more accessible, that people have a sense of belonging and inclusion within that. Um, and so, and I do that in a variety of ways. And one of the things that we're going to be doing very soon is um, releasing a public document around Coro's approach to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. And, and we're going to be releasing that soon and having um, seeing how that lands out in the community and then to be able to have a conversation with the community about that. Wow. So did you know that you always wanted to work in this kind of area from an early age? Um, from an early age, I always knew that I wanted to be a nonprofit. I think my story, I think what makes my story a little bit interesting is, uh, so my parents got divorced when I was six and and ever since then, I, I had this curiosity about people and how people think and how they act. And, and it's kind of come full circle where I really feel that at Coro, that's, that's all we do. We're all about like metacognition. I'm going to talk to you about thinking about thinking and how thinking determines how you act. And I have this natural curiosity to asking questions and it's great being a trainer and facilitator where a lot of times when participants are asking me questions I ask them questions back and mm -hmm. you might have experienced mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um, and and the idea is like I don't need to be the expert but I you know I, I need to be really good at asking questions because oftentimes if someone's asking me a question they're giving me, sort of like the power to be able to to respond and and my role is to not provide the answers my role is to ask you questions back because maybe it's sort of the thought process that you have the answers you just might not have been asked the right question yet um and so i've always known that i wanted to be working in nonprofit, working with people i didn't realize that um, leadership development would be the the arch of which all of this operates under, um, and and now that I'm in my sixth year at Coro, I I'm really starting to see how all the pieces fit together, and it's a really amazing feeling when I enter the the training space every time. Wow! So, what was kind of your pathway into getting to where you are today? Yeah, um, I would have to I would have to say that a lot of this started. Um, at undergrad. So I went to UC Santa Cruz, uh, shout out to the mm -hmm. banana slugs there. Um, <laughs> and, and a lot of it's happened in student organizing and student affairs. I, mm -hmm. I remember being a, a first year at UC Santa Cruz and being a little bit culture shocked, um, coming from San Francisco and, 
and I had some some mentors who sought me out at this community event and said, hey, we're going to take you under our wings. We're going to support you. And little did I know that they were all graduating seniors and they were looking for someone to help take over the organization <laughs> afterwards. And, and, and it's, it's an amazing thing. Um, uh, now that I, I serve on a couple of boards, this, 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 this dynamic that people talk about saying, um, you've been voluntold to do something. And I think that that's exactly what, I, what just happened was people were building the trust, building the rapport. Um, I felt supported. I had mentors. And then they were saying, like, we believe in you. And so we want you to take on take this leadership role next year and we're not going to be here so here's what you need good luck and, <laughs> and it was almost this responsibility to them that that made me take that to the next level and to to really honor that and to um and, and sort of been my my motto uh, from that point forward is as i continue to climb i'm going to bring people up with me and so as I move through different positions, as I move through different organizations, people that I come in contact with, I, I want to make sure that they're, they're, they're moving along with me as I move along. So how did you find out about Coro and how did you get to like that position? So Coro, I, I, I was really fortunate, I will say, and, and I don't think this, I, I know your podcast is about jobs, and, and I don't feel like jobs happen this way very often, um, in a sense that mm. I happen to just look at jobs one day online, like most people do. <laughs> I, I knew that in the progression of my career, where I was a, a youth program coordinator, a youth program manager, that the next progression would be some sort of director of youth programs. And so I saw the, the posting from Coro, uh, looked into it, saw it was all that the position I was applying for was about high school leadership development around the Bay Area. And mm. at that time, I was doing work both in San Francisco. I've done work out in Oakland and the East Bay. And so I felt like it was a natural fit and I had zero connections to Coro. It was the only job I applied mm -hmm. to. And wow. I, I, um, I had four interviews within a span of maybe two and a half or three weeks. And it turns out that the Coro reposted this position um, when I happened to see it. And, and so four interviews wow. later, I got the job and, so I, I don't think it happens like that very often, and, <laughs> and I'm extremely fortunate that, that it did uh -huh, in my case. Uh -huh. um, wow. And because I think that when I talk to, to friends um, and colleagues who are often applying for jobs, they're usually looking at, well, who do you know? Who can I talk to at that organization? Mm -hmm. um, and, and I was just really fortunate to, to, to be able to land this position. And, wow. and so here I am six years later. Wow. So what would you say you do on a daily basis? Like, what is the process like every day? Yeah. Um, every day is a little bit different, but I think what I will share with you is maybe a typical training day um, because um, I don't train every day, but I, I do essentially train um, once a week. And so, um, so the day would start off really just doing some administrative task in the morning and being able to look at um, emails with program partners, looking at 
follow-ups from um, the most previous program training that I've led. Usually we have intercession assignments. So in the morning, I might be prepping uh, some, in- some intercession assignments um, for w- whether it's our neighborhood programs or for our adult programs saying that to prepare for the next session, you must read this article, be prepared to to bring this, and here are some reflection questions for you. Then then typically what I would do, the, the middle part of the day is um, reviewing the training notes for, for whatever session I have that later on that day. Um, one thing about our training programs is they happen in different frequencies. So our, our youth neighborhood programs happen after school once a week. Our, our summer program is our most intense. As you know, it's like mm. six or seven weeks long, Monday through Friday, nine to five. Mm. Um, my federal program is one full day a month um, for like 10 months. And so there's, there's a variety of ways that it looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and when it comes to training prep, I, I want to make sure that I have all the handouts ready, uh, the agendas, the tools, uh, the, the markers and poster papers and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. and then, and then usually I would say with just the, the ebbs and flows of the coral program that I'm usually meeting with someone on the program team, whether it's, uh, my supervisor or another person on my team or someone else at coro or having conference calls with our program partners just to make sure that, um, everything, everything is running smoothly. And usually there's an opportunity to talk about what did we observe in the last session and how do we need to modify for the upcoming session. So I guess I'll kind of shift it over to uh, kind of like your advice to people. So what would you say is something that you would give to a teenager that wants to pursue training or like helping other people, helping other teenagers with leadership? What would you say is some advice to those people? Yeah, I would say, I guess there's a couple of things I would say. Um, First and foremost, I would say, Stay curious. Continue to ask questions. Ha- have a have a beginner's mindset. This concept of having a beginner's mindset means that mm-hmm. as I walk into any situation, think about walking into it for the first time and just trying to understand what's going on. So what am I observing? What am I feeling? And and being able to ask questions and 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 you know this, Tilin. It's it's yeah, as you start to ask more questions, you'll start to realize which questions get what type of answers, and so um, so you'll start to craft better questions that way. The the next thing I'll say is that um, we just finished our our selection day, which is our interview process for our summer program. And, and it's kind of a, a little bit of a nerve-wracking experience. It's like two and a half hours. It's all about group activities. There's a bunch of Coro community members that are observing you as you walk through it. And what I found from that is that the, the, the future is okay. There's a lot of young people who are doing amazing things, who are passionate about a lot of issues, and who are, and who are finding different platforms to say, there are decisions being made without our inclusion, and we will no longer stand for that. We are going to find ways to make our voice heard. We are going to find ways to showcase that young people in our communities are are going to start to craft our own narrative and our future. And, and so I, I share that because 
there has been this increasing trend of youth civic engagement and to try to to try to tap into that and to try to like it's a network and so whatever ways that you can connect with young people outside of your neighborhood outside of your community outside of your school that only continues to deepen and strengthen the path that young people are headed on and and I'm really excited about that particularly in in my role being an adult ally running youth leadership programs that I'm really excited about that what kind of person would be like perfect for the role oh uh, you said like oh, curious I see. yeah so I you see. said like curious but like uh, i guess like you mean what... for like so for like the position i'm in right now yeah gotcha um so i feel like hmm, that's a good question um i i feel like someone who is really good at reading the energy of the room and being able to name what they observe even like yeah so let, let me let me try this again so someone who's good at reading the room and ensuring that all voices are present and that all voices can be valued and that even when there's tension that it's a healthy tension because growth also comes from tension and and that when it comes to being a a choral trainer or someone facilitating an activity or a conversation that it's really important to to do a couple of things one is to maintain neutrality and to also ensure that voices that aren't often at the table um, have a, have a seat at the table, and and that you can that you can lift up those voices and to make sure that they're valued, um, and and sometimes that starts with starts with a question, and so so I, I do think that this this skill of inquiry is very vital to 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 Coro and to um, to all individuals who are seeking answers. So when it, even when it comes to finding jobs or like what's next, um, I, I feel like um, it, it, it starts with a question. And the question is, hi, can I talk to you? Can I have a few moments of your time? Um, and, and, and going from there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I guess I'll kind of shift it over to like some more questions about your personal experience so what would you say are like some of the, the more unique things about your job that you wouldn't find in others um i would say one of the unique things about my job is that the people that i get to interact with on a regular basis through our programs is such a wide variety um and as i train eighth graders through 12th graders and then having to shift gears and 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 learn about federal government talking to um, people who are sort of mid-level managers in federal government whether it's they're working for the environmental protection agency or working for um, the general service assembly or some other federal agency to 
to trying to hold space for survivors of human trafficking as they work with ally professionals to prevent human trafficking. It's, it's every time I'm in the training room, as I listen to people's story and as I see them build up their confidence with each training, uh, it, it's, it's such a, a unique position to be in and so rewarding to be able to know that I, in some small way, either help someone become more confident or to help find that there's more opportunities out there or to have these aha moments that increase their their sense of themselves. And and that's amazing when I see that all click together. I, I definitely like had that experience too because when I was in the program, it just helped me kind of uh, gain more confidence and just learn more. And then now when I get, I get like messages that say, oh, I really love your podcast. And I get like other ones that are like, oh, we we played your podcast at my leadership class. And I was like, how'd you find out about, why is, are you thinking at, at the leadership class? And then they're like, oh, it's because like my teacher really likes your podcast. So she shared it with the whole class. That's amazing. And then there's like other people that message me and they're like, I'm a teacher and am I allowed to play this to my fourth graders? Wow. So it's just like, I just wanted to say like you had that part, like you helped me and then now it's like my turns help others. And when I get those messages, I just think about when you are helping me and then I want to be like that person to help others. So I guess it's like a way to say thank you. And also like just like showing how much you act, like showing how much influence that you had on not only my life, but other people's. Well, and, and, and thank you so much for, for, well, thank you for the thank you, and 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 you welcome, and and it is really about these ripple effects. The the more that we step into our own, um, and the more that we're able to share our narratives and feel confident sharing our narratives, it, it's amazing to see the ripple effects, and mm-hmm. and it's really about once again this concept that I have of like lifting as I climb, and 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 it's amazing because I, I do remember from one of the very first activities um, where you had to interview people for like two hours and, and you and you and some other you fellows were like, we can't get anyone to talk to us. Do we have to talk someone, <laughs> to someone for two hours straight? And, or what do we do? And I was like, well, whatever you want. It just, just it, it, here's the prompt, read it. <laughs> and, yep, yep, yep. And, and, and for me, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't really about, and I shared this with, I think, you and the other person. Uh, we'll give him a shout-out. We'll shout-out Brooke. And it, it wasn't really about that um, I wanted you to talk to someone for two hours. But if you struggled to just ask someone, hi, can I have a minute of your time? And you did that for two mm-hmm. hours straight or you struggled around saying, hi, my name is t or hi, my name is so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And if you just did that for two hours straight and struggled with it, you still come away that much more confident. Mm-hmm. And and that was mm-hmm. like the amazing thing that is mm-hmm. a little bit of a, a, you know, secret trick thing behind the scenes, but mm-hmm. um, I'm mm-hmm. glad it worked. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I guess like I'll put, I'll, I'll, put some like extra context so when i was in the program i had to there was a part of the program where we interviewed 
uh, some community leaders, and one of them's actually on the podcast right now. So they also helped me with like connections, and I got to talk with Megan Freebeck, who is the CEO of Simply the Basics, and she was um, she was on an episode of my podcast. But anyways, uh, uh, so it was just like when I first uh, I never interviewed anybody beforehand. And I was scared out of my mind about what was going to come out of it. Would the interviewee be so scared of me? I, would I come off as scared to the interviewee? They were seen as like, you know, kind of menacing because they had so much power or like they they looked so much bigger than me. And I was so scared. And the program just really helped me to know that other people have, you know, other people are just normal people too. And they have really interesting stories and they have awesome experiences to share as well. And everybody is just super nice when you just talk to them. Nobody's just, nobody's going to like be snapping back at you or nobody's going to, you know, be rude back to you. Everyone is just extremely nice. And it's just giving me that experience of being able to interview other people. Mm -hmm. Uh, It just helped me to with this podcast because if i didn't had that prior experience before i would i probably wouldn't even start it because i would have thought that a bunch of people were going to get mad at me why would they want like i would think like why would this kid want to have an interview with me i would like i would just have like these negative thoughts but having that experience of actually talking to other people and seeing that they're not actually the rude people that i thought they were and they're actually super nice that's another part of the program that just really helped me uh not only with this podcast, but just like in life in general. That that's that's so amazing to hear, Tilin, and 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 I and I recall your your persistence, and so I, that's another just amazing quality to have is be persistent. Be persistent. Ask questions. It's um, from my from my reference point, particularly to like the nonprofit sector and government, is that when you ask for something someone's time, the more often than likely give it. It might not be right away, and right away might be one month, two months, three months, but ultimately if you're asking for someone's time and you have an interest in what they do and their story, they'll more than likely share mm-hmm. it. Um, so here is the last question that I'm going to ask. Uh, what would you say is like the future looking like? Like, What do you want to do or what do you want to keep doing? For me, I... I feel like, I guess a couple of ways to answer this. Um, I've always felt like, so my background is in social work, and I, I didn't quite talk about this, but, but I, I, after UC Santa Cruz, I got a master's in social work at University of Michigan. And, and I always felt like I want to be in a, a job or in a role that where I can have impact and where I can impact the most amount of people to help build their confidence built on empathy and compassion to, to make change. And, and for me, if I stay in the nonprofit sector, for me, that means that I feel like I want to aspire to be an executive director because mm. I would be the the person who would be overseeing an organization, and and so that's one way to have the most impact. Um, I, I'm not sure what other. Uh, well, I, I do know there's other ways to have a larger impact, and and I'm not sure if if that's something that I. Um, 
will aspire to do, and that is that I know that I have a a a pretty diverse network, and and I know that some folks mm-hmm. in that network mm-hmm. have asked me whether or not I am interested in. For example, running for elective office in one day for mm. for and what that might look like, and this is the first time wow. that I'm sharing this in a very public space on your podcast. <laughs> but uh, you heard wow. it here first. Um, but wow. but I you know I I say that with a lot of excitement and a lot of um, I'm just not sure, and and I say that mm. because one is I have a five year old and a one year old, and I know that takes mm. X amount of commitment. And I'm already doing this job, and I'm on a couple of boards and X, Y, Z, and and I also know that as someone who 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 lives by this motto of lift as you climb, and and that I acknowledge sort of my privilege of being seen as a role model, and I'm humbled by that. And so, if I am trying to continue to push young people. Um, and my peers and and folks in my network to aspire to do great things. Mm-hmm. What is holding me back from doing that as well? And, and so this is like about the internal question because if I if I run for anything, whether it's wow. like running for school board or or wow. something other than school board, then it's almost like all the young people that I am in service of. It's like oh. Like that's awesome. Cliff did that. Like I remember Cliff uh-huh. when. Like uh-huh. I can do uh-huh. that too. So so uh-huh. so I I have this inner monologue around responsibility and responsibility to myself versus responsibility to the community, wow. and it's and it's a it's a ongoing dialogue in my head. And you heard it here first. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. Um, so that's gonna do it for. My interview with Cliff Yee—he's one of my mentors and one of the people that helped me start this journey. And I just want to say thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Just learning a little bit more about how much you help other people, and just like you can hear the passion that you have for social work and just helping other people just come out of their shell and. Helping with their leadership qualities, so I just want to say thank you so much for not only that, but also coming onto the podcast to talk about your experiences. Yes, I'm so excited, Tilan. I'm so excited for your your leadership journey. This is uh, one um, just one of many steps that you're going to continue to take, and I'm so excited to be a guest on the Major Jobs Podcast, <laughs> feature number one on Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and that's going to do it for this episode of the Major Jobs Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the end. I really appreciate it. Um, if you haven't already, follow me on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast and Twitter at Major Jobs Pod. You can also check out the website when I post new episodes or just turn on notifications on for the rest of my uh, podcast, whether you're listening on Apple, Spotify, Google, whatever you're listening on. just want to say thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you in the next one. All right. Thanks for listening to the Major Jobs Podcast. If you liked it, please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Major Jobs Podcast. If you have an interesting career and want to be featured on the show, send us an email at majorjobspodcast at gmail.com with your job title and college major if applicable. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, life happens wherever you are, whether you make it or not.